When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and thanks for downloading this free and ad-supported version of Cubs Pod, which is actually multiple daily Cubs podcasts smashed into one episode. Because Cubs Pod is actually a daily Cubs podcast, which is released every single day during the Cubs season on our Patreon page, completely ad Free. In fact, you'll get all of Sunranto's shows early and ad-free on our private premium RSS feed where you can subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. Plus, you'll get access to our private Discord group where we host game watches and Cubs fan chats with all of the super ranters. So join us for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash sunranto. Please support independent Cubs media like us and subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. We can't do it without you. Please and thank you, and enjoy this version of Cubs Pod. Welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm joined by... Michael Cotton, yes, your other host of Cubs Pod, doing it together today. Uh, don't put it like that. It made me feel dirty. <laughs> oh, sorry. Phrasing, <laughs> phrasing. Um, so, well, we're here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on March 31st, the day after opening day in the year of our Lord, 2023. It is, you can hear from the sound of my voice. I had quite the uh, the evening last night, and um, I thought we'd come on here today to uh, chat about it together, just because opening day is a holiday, and uh, yeah, but I had and, a blast. And, and the day after opening day, there are no games, and so I guess it's so that we can all be hungover? I don't know. <laughs> like, Well, there's quite a few people who were in Wrigleyville uh, last night. And uh, well, throughout the day, people started drinking. I saw people hammered at 11 in the morning, you know, and it's two hours before game time. I saw many an incoherent person last evening at uh, Club 400 Wrigleyville. Then the Cubs cave. Uh, Crawley, though, still standing. I got to hand it to him. You know, that guy just energizer buddy just takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Oh, no, wait, that's not energizer. Who? That was like Timex. That was right? Timex. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're, that's what I'm going to start calling him is Crawley the Timex watch. And, um, but, um, yeah, it was a, a freaking blast. Uh, all these ranters were, and I'm not going to name everybody because I'm going to forget somebody, and, but all these too many, right? Like, yes, yeah, coming to the Bleacher Bum Band show, singing along to my songs. There was, uh, the, the hot bartender put a Bleacher Bum Band sticker on her butt. And it made me feel like a rock star, even though I'm 48 years old. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. Got people out there singing along to my song. I got my band sticker on butts. Like, everything's going great for me. Everything's coming up, Danny. 
And then, um, you know, it was fun. Bleacher Jeff showed up at the gig drunk and, and didn't fuck up somehow. Like, I don't know how he managed <laughs> to do that. So I th- thought we sounded pretty good. But, um, you know, uh, I, I was barking it out up there. And uh, as the sound of my voice, I sound like Wolfman Jack right now. But right. Man, we just had such a blast. And so thanks to everybody that came. We had raffles. We gave away a bunch of stuff. It was just uh, a joyous occasion. The weather held up for the game. It was yeah, actually it was chilly. It was yeah. definitely chilly, especially like they would show in the on the TV. They'd show the bleachers. Everybody's out there having a really nice time. They're they're warm. You know, they've got sweatshirts on, but they're warm and everything. And then they would show. Uh, the, the grandstands and people are like huddled together under blankets and you know those $80 blankets that they bought from the Cubs that day <laughs> yeah well I tell you I was walking around Wrigley Field the other day and uh, I looked I peered through the window which goes looks right into the Cubs shop that's right inside of Wrigley right as you walk in underneath the marquee it's right there on the right and so I'm like peering in to see like what they're setting up and how they're looking I saw a giant pile of like 50 blankets all ready to go so they they're looking at me like oh we're gonna make so much money in blankets oh yeah those are probably five dollar blankets and they're selling them for like 80 bucks oh the markup is insane so entire families huddled huddled underneath them uh, they probably did pretty brisk business in hot chocolate. A couple of my friends were in Terrace Reserved, and they froze their asses off in there. So word to the wise, if you want sun, the only place to really get it at this time of year is the bleachers and the right field corner, way in the corner downstairs, not upstairs. So just word to the wise, that's what you got to do. Um, yeah, and and also, as Danny said earlier, uh, prepare a little bit better. Some people just don't get it, and you will not – be happy if you can't remember opening day because you got hammered at 9 a.m you know like <laughs> hey man people could do what they want you know they, well, they can i'm just saying pro tip you'll you 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 just won't even know what happened <laughs> be, because you know you got hammered and you got beat up by a sandwich board yeah well do, you know which game i got too hammered at was the uh the opening night when they brought back the world series trophy, because if you remember, there was a big rain delay. So we were all, we watched the trophy come out. It was a night game. So I I had pre been pre game in any way. I was at some other bar and all that. I think I was a G man getting drunk. And then I went in there kind of drunk. And then I watched the trophy come out. We're like, yay. And then they're like delayed the game. We're just sitting underneath the bleachers and I'm just like pounding beers for no reason, really. Just because it's opening day and I'm excited about everything. And I'd like the way I handled it was through uh, copious amounts of alcohol consumption. And um, anyway, it was I got out of hand and um, uh, I left. I left and watched that. I didn't even watch that game. I, I came home. Because yeah. uh, they were like, you got to get out of here. The daddy's out of hand. And so it, they redirected me outside the gates. They're like, this game's not going to start for another hour. You you want to go home, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah take me home. <laughs> so I've been there. Like, So I'm not going to pass too I, much yeah. judgment about it, what other people do. But I certainly no, was well, judging and, people yesterday. <laughs> and that happened to us. And that's how we know it's it's better to pace yourself. Because that happened to me uh, way back in the early 2000s. It was the game where Mark Pryor took the comebacker off his arm and broke his arm. Was that an opening day or just a no, random No, it was game? not opening day. It was just a bus trip 
and uh, bus trip drinking on the bus. I got on the bus. I had uh, no alcohol. And then a bunch of people that I knew that I didn't plan the trip with showed up and they had a lot of alcohol. And, yeah. and by the time the game started at 120, like I was blasted. Like I just didn't understand anything. I was so stupid. So it you was wonder uh, if the Cubs embarrassing ever, day. <laughs> if, you wonder if the Cubs are going to get in trouble for this, like just over serving. I mean, I saw a guy. Well, that, technically, the Cubs didn't overserve anybody. I showed up to the game. They shouldn't have let me in. Yeah, well, and but I don't see too much of that either. I don't know. You're probably playing it as straight as you could, but I saw a lot of hammered dudes like screaming in the street before the game, and then afterwards saw a dude at, like have a little uh, fight with a sandwich board sitting out there on the. I mean, it was after our gig too, so I mean, we went on early. In fact, some people missed the gig. You're like, you're you're already done. I'm like, yeah, we just finished up. Like I just t- caught the tail end of the last song because the game was only two hours and 20 minutes long. So uh, because of that, we went on earlier. So it was more like a four o'clock start. Usually we're starting by like 435, you know, so. And opening day, people are leaving the game and not necessarily rushing over to Output Lounge. They're they're sort of wandering around and they're looking at stuff because it's their yeah. first time back at Wrigley. And they're like, I want to buy a hat because I'm at opening day or something. Yeah. They got to stand in a line for a long time. So, but it was still packed. There was no room for them anyway, for much of the gig because, uh, it was, it was pretty, pretty, it was pretty full. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, so, so let's talk about the game, shall oh, we? Cause it was awesome. Let's you know? talk about the game. Is that what we're doing here? My bad. Yeah. It's Cubs pod. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's just very special Cubs pod. It's very special Cubs yeah, pod. It'll be so minutes longer. <laughs> right. And so I want to start here with the most important thing. What the hell is Strowman thinking with those pants? Robbie Ray gave him, I don't know, his Taylor's number or something. Strowman's out there looking like a dope. Like he pitched great and maybe he just needs the extra support to really get the ball in there the way he wants it but my lord it looked bad he's getting older what he's getting older he needs the support socks like that's just keeping the varicose veins at at bay (laughs) (laughs) that's all that he he doesn't have pinstripes on his jersey that's or on his pants it's just varicose veins showing through yeah he wears his jersey pants on airplanes too now so (laughs) he just like keep his feet from swelling get up the plane you know you know how it gets when you get older so but man he did so well um i mean if this is what we're going to get from stro all year long um either uh the cubs are going to win the world series and we have a true ace on our hands somehow through Marcus Stroman, or um, he's getting traded at the trade deadline because of the contract. Um, right, because he has an opt-out after this year. Yeah, and so, he, it, he's the kind of guy that will if the Cubs aren't you know, showing him love. Or, well, we'll see it, how it goes. You know? Well, and especially if he's pitching like this. Like, if he pitches like he did to, or yesterday, yeah. Um, why wouldn't you, you opt out and get – a better deal for a number of years because he's only if he if he does not opt out he's only got one more year with the cubs and yeah you know you so there's there's no money point now. sticking around if he could get a better deal but okay let's so six I'm innings pitch i'm looking at the show notes yeah eight strikeouts only three hits three walks it's a little much but he kind of was living on the corner the first pitch clock violation ever in a, major in, in a regular season game. game. Yeah. 
So except for maybe like when they did enforce that rule back in like 1903 or something, because it always has been a rule, but you know, it's just never been enforced. Um, and I don't know, it seemed like uh, Craig council was barking a little bit about not liking the, you know, the strike zone calls because he lives on the corners and so pictures. And, and this is the problem I've started to realize, and I've talked about this on the show before, that the, that K zone, that square that we can see on the screen, it's not a good idea because what he was doing out there, that is what a pitcher is supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be fooling everyone down there except for the catcher, right? And Jan Gomes, unfortunately, got fooled a couple times this game. But, uh, <laughs> but he's supposed to be fooling everybody. And putting it very, very close. And now if he doesn't get that call, that's one inch off of that box, then he's got to move it in one inch. You know what I mean? But that is the artistry of pitching. And that's why he looked so good yesterday because the Brewers hitters did not know what he was doing. How many check swings did he get? Just guys that wanted to swing at something and then realized that ball wasn't in the zone at all. And, you know, he was he was really doing some masterful stuff up there. And it's easy to bitch when you see that K-zone square up there. And I think that's what Council was doing. But you know if Council was actually playing in, the, in that game, he'd be... Striking out. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be striking out or he'd be happy if that was his pitcher. Well, and it's pretty impressive opening day, and it's cold out there. I get it, but and the Cubs only scored in one inning, but uh, and you know there were no extra base hits from either team. Yeah, I mean it's a tough day to hit. I mean it's cold at Wrigley, winds blowing in, and or actually it was kind of blowing out. You know, it was like it was blowing across is what it was doing, and so you could if you got it up in the in the right way, you maybe could hit like a home run down the left field line kind of thing, but. It was not an easy day to hit. These guys were all just in Arizona. And you know how it is when you come back from vacation and you're back in the cold and, uh, you know, that you, your body instantly stiffens up and you're like, oh, you know, yeah. sure. That's what was happening to these guys. But, um, you know, getting back to the pitching uh, in this game, you had the bullpen be lights out, too, for the most part. Um, Thompson, Boxberger and Fulmer. And I think that's gonna be if you can do it that's your seven and eight nine for you know i'm i'm still concerned about fulmer <laughs> uh talked about it with the the last game of spring training or maybe the the game before where he kind of wasn't focused and just blew up there uh, at the end of that game and he wasn't like he didn't he, he fulmer didn't look great to me he was not super sharp now can he get better sure he got two strikeouts he was sharp (laughs) but uh what else did he do what do you want out of the guy that's it i want to say that he did i'm sorry now i gotta look it up no he probably probably had a walk or i don't know yeah and that's what i'm talking about but oh these box scores on mlb.com are terrible uh i know they really screwed up the app yet once again i totally agree um, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Uh, oh no, he didn't have a walk. He had a hit, hit. and yeah. that's what that's what concerned me. And I think it Box was Berger had the walk. He got hit. the two outs, and then immediately gave up a hit. That's what it was, and that's where I got nervous because I was like, "Ooh, is this? Can he get the third out? You know what I mean?" But I mean, 
Michael Fulmer, hi, is he a uh, high-end, well-known closer? Um, no, but could he emerge as like one at this point in his career? Yeah, I do think he could. I mean, he's got enough velocity and he throws enough pitchers. I think he used to be a starter. And uh, what well, didn't he like? He was like uh, when he started with Detroit, didn't. Yeah, he did. Rookie of the year. He won rookie of the freaking year. And then uh, injuries cost him a couple of years. And then um, he was an all-star, you know. So, like, you, you know who I was thinking about in terms of Michael Fulmer was Dennis Eckersley. And you remember him? He was, he was a starter for the Cubs. Yeah. Of course you remember Dennis well, He's still on TV with he, the same he's hairstyle. A, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, he looks the exact same as he did back then. It's like, dude, nobody – you didn't look good with that hairstyle back then. And it still looks like crap. Like, what are you doing? It's like somebody needs to act, act to cut his hair. Right. Okay. So I'm looking at look at this game. Yes. And and Eckersley. Yeah. And did he ever go back to starting? No. He just stayed no. as a closer. So yeah. that's where I could see a Michael Fulmer. It's just like some guys. He's you know when you get injured like that, it could take you a few years to really build up your strength. And it's been many years now, like the third year. But you just got to find your stride. And he was pretty decent. Like he's a legitimate. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, look at the saves. They didn't really use him as a uh, to save games in Detroit. Not too much. Only fourteen. But hey, maybe they only had fourteen wins. In right. It might have been only it was the Detroit. Only fourteen days. Uh, no. So in the ninth, he struck out Rowdy Telez, uh, and then William Contreras singled, and then it was that weird uh, Luis Urias hit the ball right back at him, and it hit off of his foot. Yeah, and he tried to slide into first base, which is yeah, stupid always. It, but he got he got that out. But that's it was it was those two spots that started getting me a little nervous about him. But then he did, you know. Then he got Garrett Mitchell striking out. So yeah, I mean, he's got the stuff, and so I'm not. Too, I'm well, I'm not too worried about it. You know, I I think that he might not not be the only closer, but I think that kind of seven, eight, nine thing that we saw, we're going to see a bunch this year as long as it's working. Well, but, you can't um, complain too much about. A shutout on opening day. Uh, they only you can't complain at all. You're just looking for something. <laughs> You're like, what can I bitch about in a game that went awesome for us? <laughs> it went perfectly. Well, I mean, the one thing I I can bitch about is what you said earlier. Um, is that they they only scored in the one inning. Um, they scored enough in that one inning to, uh, you know, get the win. Uh, it was all singles. It was you know, moving around and it was a, a an error by Adamas, I think. Yeah, a mental error more than anything. I mean, he had Gomes like, like, that scored the last uh run, the fourth run, the one that Hap scored. There's two outs in the inning. Gomes hits it to Adamas. Instead of just throwing the first baseman, he to the first baseman, he tries to get the force at second and he doesn't get it. And doesn't get there. Like Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't get there on time. And then it Gomes busting it down the line gets a, a fielder's choice and half scores. It's just get, like then well, we win and, three and, and earlier instead of four, but yeah, and earlier in that inning, it was the the throw, the late throw to first to try and like pick off uh um whoever i don't know pick somebody well, off scored. late yeah and ended was, up you know giving another way yeah oh yeah it was uh it was a nico scored when the throw went bad yes. and uh yeah and so and dansby swanson going three for four 
And that's kind of what, you know, bad spring. See, this is just proving the way we've been talking about this. You suck in spring, you get all your outs out of the way, and then you come and you rake. And I know I said on a Cubs pod that Dansby's going three for four opening day. I know I said that, and I'm too lazy to go back into the archive and find it. But And I'm super excited about this because, yes, he, he had three hits in spring training. But the last two <laughs> were home runs in the last two games, and then three hits in this game. All singles, but still, three hits. And the one out was, you know, a warning track shot you know, on a on a cold day where balls weren't going to travel. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, Dansby, we got him for a long time, and I, I'm happy with what happened so far, obviously. Hap took a couple of walks in the game, scored the run that we were just talking about on the on the uh, bad play by Adamas. And then, um, you know, what else am I – the Cubs only struck out five times. I thought that was kind of good to see because, um, you know, and, they're just a little slappy group. It's kind of fun. And please, give us Corbin Burns next year for opening day. Yeah, they they're playing tight, and I looked it up because, and we can move into the next game now. I guess at this point, but uh, the uh, Brandon Woodruff also got blown up in April. It's the exact same setup as last year. We're just facing them the exact same way, and we were able to beat them last year, and then never again. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happened. So let's take advantage now because Woodruff. We got seven runs off of him last April at this exact same spot in this season. And, um, but it, the, he also had a, like a 10 strikeout game against us um, back in, in August. So he's going on Saturday and it's supposed to be cold again, even colder, um, maybe even wetter. Uh, yeah, Sunday looks some, nice. There's some serious weather coming through today in Iowa. I don't Iowa and Western Illinois. I don't know if it's going to reach Chicago today, but uh, yeah, we've got all sorts of tornado warnings and all, all that type of stuff for today. So hopefully it doesn't hit Chicago the next day. Well, I'll tell you this, we have a gale warning um, at 59, 59 degrees. So it's kind of warm actually. And it looks like the thunderstorms are going to come after four. So Anyhow, it's it, they could have played today. It's I'm sad that they're not playing today because I could have like would have liked sitting watching a ball game because now the front comes through and it'll be 41 uh, degrees with a 41 percent chance of rain. So and g- winds could gust over 40 miles per hour. That's for tomorrow's game. So <laughs> bring your own blanket if you're coming to down and a raincoat and maybe just don't come. <laughs> like maybe just <laughs> it's a. Oh, yeah. how many how many people were at the game yesterday? I did. They announced thirty two thousand. I saw. I was keeping an eye on uh, tickets on SeatGeek because that that more more tickets are on SeatGeek now. Even though we don't have that as a sponsor, I have to just say what is the best deal because that's you know the service you know I think is to tell people what to do and how to get good seats. I mean for the Patreon people, you know, helping with tickets. So SeatGeek's got the most tickets, but if you wanted to go in there in the second inning, $60 to sit in like the 13th row, like really good seats, you know, like down real close. Um, so they d- just didn't sell out. So th- I think they announced around 32,000. I could look it up real quick. I'm, and- I'm looking at it right now. It's they announced 36,000, yeah. 
but that's still that's six thousand below capacity. I mean, there are four. They didn't sell it out. Yeah, and and look, that is not a thing that happened at Wrigley no. for many many years. Not until the the like twelve and thirteen seasons, right? Maybe eleven, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely picked up some last-minute tickets on the cheap, especially when the weather was cold. But, you know, as far as opening days go, uh, that was not bad weather. Like, it was tolerable weather to sit through a game if you were prepared for the elements. So, um, depending on where your seat was, because, yeah, the bleachers were comfortable. It'll be interesting to see. Well, and, I mean, not to make excuses, MLB is a terrible scheduler and you don't opening day shouldn't be on a thursday no (laughs) it should be on a friday why are you doing this to people they're not you know it's a few people made the trip from wherever they were to chicago for yesterday but you know that's just hard to do it's two days off of work versus one yeah um here we go with uh some numbers of the cubs against brandon woodruff Ian Happ's got two home runs against him, uh, but a 207 batting average. Uh, Nico Horner doesn't see it at all. He's only one for 13 against him. And Eric Hosmer, he just shouldn't start in this game. 0 for 10. Eric Hosmer should not be on this team. Yeah. So uh, now the good news is Dansby Swanson is uh, three for nine against him uh, with a home run. So, uh, and Tucker Barnhart also has a home run, but he's only batting 167. So, you know, as far as, I mean, Brandon Woodruff is a hell of a pitcher. And so if you have a few guys in there that have success against him, hopefully they can do what they did yesterday and strategically get in there. And, uh, you know, that's what you got to do against your top end pitchers. You just got to take advantage of the situation when you have it and not leave those ducks on the pond. And that's what the Cubs did yesterday. And they and, played and cotton ball. Lock it down at the end of the game. Yeah. Can't let so, him get back into it. Yeah. And that's what happened. And then uh, Justin Steele, his first start of the year against the Brewers. He he pitched in six games against the Brewers last year. 203 earned run average against them in those six games. Um, and 39 strikeouts in 31 innings pitched with only 15 walks. So Steele does well. So, right. Pick- well, and and this Brewers team is just not a good hitting team. <laughs> no. Well, I don't, wouldn't say we are either, but, you know. No, but it, we're all new guys. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, we're not a great hitting team, but you can't. They're switching it up and they're trying new things. I'm just saying that this, you know, Brewers team, a lot of the same guys from last year, and they just haven't been a, a great hitting team for a little while. It's all Christian Yelich's fault. Yeah. But speaking of Christian Yelich, he's five for 13 against Justin Steele, but he's got no dongs. And uh, Willie Adamas has a dong against him. Um, and so does Tyrone Taylor. Did Tyrone Taylor even play yesterday? I don't remember. He, is he even on the team for real? <laughs> Like you didn't play yesterday, no. But um yeah, it's uh Luke Voigt. He's not on the team, is he? He didn't play yesterday. Telez played first base. I gotta look up the Brewers lineup. We never did a preview with Eric. So right. but um Eric is gonna come on the show uh pro- probably next uh Wednesday, this Wednesday to recap the whole overall series and the start of the year. Um 
So anyway, uh, yeah, Christian Yelich does pretty well against Steele, but Luis Urias, uh, not so much. Only one for 15. And Willie Adamas has seen him in the most and is uh, four for 13 with a home run. So there's had some success against Steele, but uh, they didn't score a lot of runs against him last year. Only because uh, only a, a two ERA, just over two. So there's your matchup. I, I like the Cubs in this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I like them. Actually, a, a, they're, a, a, they're on track for 162 and 0, as they, as people love to say. Um, no, I, yeah, I, it's, it's interesting that this is playing out again for kind of the second year in a row <laughs> where they beat up on Corbin Burns and now they're going to get Woodruff and hopefully it goes the same. I, I don't know. And then so, Lauer is coming Sunday uh, in the finale, which the weather does look a little bit better. Lauer versus Tyone. I bet you that's the one we, we blow. That's the one I'm going to, I think, too. Right. So, so they're definitely going to blow it because I'll be there. The curse, <laughs> the curse of the rocket. I should just stay out of there and hang out on a ball hall corner with a flask. Right. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's Cubs pod, right? Uh, yeah, we're we're pretty much done. The only thing I did want to point out, and we're only going to do this this time uh, because I know everybody hates him. Wilson Contreras. He went two for four with the Cardinals yesterday, but then took a 103-mile-per-hour uh, fastball off of his knee, and it hit the actual – it actually didn't hit his knee. It hit the, the guard, but he still left the game with a knee contusion. Yeah, yeah he limped off the field. I mean, you, you hate to see a guy go down like that. You'd rather watch him go 0 for 4 and then uh, – do that like I don't know the whole month until they finally bench his ass because he's just like playing tight. Yeah, yeah, See, that's and, what and, you want Wilson Contreras to go down as, not with a knee contusion. Yeah, I made the joke that he's just not prepared to catch anybody throwing more than ninety-two miles per hour. Exactly, because <laughs> that's that's a new game for him down there with those guys. He's like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what have I signed up for? <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so there's your uh, cubs pod and we'll uh one of us will uh be uh giving it to you on sunday see i, I yeah phrasing, I phrasing. phrasing. <laughs> 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 on sunday let you know what happened in saturday's game if there's a saturday's game and uh we're just gonna keep bringing it to you all year um that's it oh spagot spagot All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com sunranto where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer and in turn line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. 
Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a Super Ranter today. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on April 2nd, 2023. Yesterday, the Cubs dropped a heartbreaker to the Milwaukee Brewers by a score of 3-1, to one, a game that... I guess they should have won. Would have been nice if they would have won it. It was uh, would have been squeaking by with um, a win of just one to nothing, which they were leading one to nothing after uh, Ian Happ hits his first home run of the year in the sixth inning. But then in the eighth inning, everything fell apart, and the Brewers end up scoring three runs. And altogether, they had six hits to the Cubs, five hits, and. Uh, Javier Assad ended up taking the loss and now is the proud owner of a 20.25 ERA. But let's start with a little positivity, shall we? Uh, Justin Steele, really great job today. He had uh, eight strikeouts. He ended up going uh, six innings, three hits, only one walk, and had a great game. He matched uh, Brandon Woodruff toe-to-toe who also had eight strikeouts uh, and also went six innings, I believe. I think he did, yes, uh, three hits except for the one run. And uh, that was, of course, the Hap home run. Dansby Swanson in this game, three for four with a double. The dude is on fire. He's currently batting 750 on the season. I'm sure that's sustainable. And then uh, David Lossie, uh, Rossi, um, he put in Javier Saad. And by all accounts, it was going great. Uh, Assad had two strikeouts in his first inning of work. But then in the second inning of work, it all completely fell apart. And um, I, I see some out there speculating that there's no way Javier Assad should have been out there for a second inning. I kind of disagree with that because that's what you're looking for out of Assad. And um, he was doing great. You know, he had the two strikeouts of William Contreras and Rowdy Telez and a ground out from Voigt. And then um, it was in the eighth when he came back in, he gave up a single, then he gave up a walk, and then he gave up another single. And then, you know, it just got, it got out of hand real fast. And before you knew it, Michael Fulmer comes in, who pitched yesterday, not yesterday, but pitched in game one. So I guess he's ready to pitch again, but you got nobody else like Adbert Alzali? Like, I don't know. You 
like you have your closer, quote unquote closer, coming to the game here in the eighth inning. Maybe it's to face Adamus and Yelich. I mean, maybe I get that. Like it's the top of the order. That's how you play it. But I don't know, Lossie. I mean, you end up having to burn not only your uh, quote unquote closer at this point, who did not do well. Oh, point one, he only gets one out. He had a hit and a walk off of him and a strikeout. And then you have to use Rucker to get the final out. Um, and then Leiter Jr. came in and was already garbage time after all those runs had scored. And it's just a damn shame how that all went down um, because the Cubs could not stop the bleeding at a certain point. Brewers were able to strike. And, well, next thing you know, uh, the Cubs lost. Now, the I can't stress enough how I almost don't even blame the loss on Ross or on... The pitching itself of Javier Saad not being able to go two innings because the Cubs should have gotten out of this inning with a tie. Because Miles Master Boner, who came in for Mancini as a defensive replacement, had a ball fall in short right in front of him. And by <sighs> Hayward catches that ball. Christopher Morell catches that ball. Anybody that has played a fair amount of right field, and Christian Morel, ha- Morel has not, but even like Patrick Wisdom's played out there. Like we have players that have played right field at Wrigley Field. Master Boner is supposed to be some defensive freaking whiz, and I didn't see it there. He was dressed like an Oompa Loompa, obviously freezing. At the end of the game, he had his Oompa Loompa hood all draped around his neck as he struck out for the final out of the game. So, but before the final out happened from Master Boner, there was a fake rally. So we got it all in this loss. Uh, Dansby, singles, Hap singles, and then Cody Bellinger, who's done nothing in the two games that he's been a Cub, hit into a double play. So welcome to the Cubs. You now have officially fake rallied. Congratulations. Frustrating loss. It's one that we probably should have won. Cubs end up using five pitchers completely unnecessarily. And um, I don't know. Maybe we look at Javier Assad in a different way. The only thing I want to say about the Assad situation is that it was cold outside. So he's in the bullpen. It's all heated up in there. He's not cold. And then he goes out in the cold and pitches. Does well. And then he sits in the dugout and gets cold. And then it's got to go back out there. And that's where the trouble happened. So, you know, maybe just think of that next time, Lossie. There was a lot. There's a, there's a little blame to go around. Not a lot of blame, a little blame. And you can't really expect. If, you, if you're going to have score one run, you can't really blame it on the pitching. So, but it just was a squeaker. If the Cubs are going to have any hope this year, they have to win games like today. Because uh, they're built for low-scoring games, and you have to be on the W side of it. So frustrating, but had fun hanging out in the Discord with all the super ranters and with our snotty comments. So the next game, we live to play another day, and it's today. Lefty Eric Lauer, who beat the Cubs three times last year and lost once, has a 3.27 ERA against us last year. And uh, the for and against, uh, Bellinger has seen him the most, batting 294, 
368 OBP, 588 slugging for a 957 OPS. Ian Happ's seen him the second most, also does quite well against him. Uh, 364, 417, 727. I assume most of that is batting righty. I I mean, uh, Bellinger is a lefty and does quite well against lefty Eric Lauer. So that's weird. Yet, Nico Horner stinks against him, even though he's got a home run and hits for the right side. Uh, Nelson Velasquez also has a home run. Maybe he should be up here instead of Miles Master Boner. Jan Gomes has a home run. So we probably will see Tucker Barnhart because Grandpa Lossie is in the dugout making decisions. For the uh, Cubs, Jameson Tyone is going to pitch. Milwaukee actually did face him last year. They got four runs in five innings off of him while he was with the Yankees. And it's a bit of a mixed bag against him from the Brewers. Uh, Jesse Winker has a homer, 833 OPS. Christian Yelich does quite well, batting 412. So does Brian Anderson, batting 400, but that's only in four at, five at-bats. Yelich has a home run. Adamas has a home run. So, uh, But mostly it's pretty small sample size with Tyone and these Brewers. But, uh, yeah, overall, they do quite well. The guys who have seen him. Most for the most part, do quite well. So beware, buyer beware. It's the rubber game. Let's eat a little meatloaf. And um, you know, we were ten and nine against Milwaukee last year. I don't see why that can't at least happen again with the five hundred club that the Cubs are built to be. We will talk to you again tomorrow when we will have another Cubs pod for you. In the meantime, enjoy your Sunday. And Spookog. Stuff. Hey, Cubs fans, at Amazon.com, do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sun Ranto Show by shopping through sunranto.com slash stuff? All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to sunranto.com slash stuff. and click any of our links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sun Ranto Show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping the Sun Ranto Show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and other stuff. Plus you could win a monthly prize if some of your is chosen for Amazon of the month. And if you win, we'll send you more. Sunranto.com slash That address again is sunranto.com slash
It is April 3rd, and this is Cubs Pod, your daily digestible dose of Cubs content. A Bleacher Bunch production for the Fan First Podcast Network. I'm your host, Michael Cotton. It is the first weekend of April, and the Cubs looked like the fools, with back-to-back losses to the Brewers. On Sunday, the Cubs dropped the series finale by a score of 9-5. Cubs got things moving early by taking the lead in the first off the new daily double, Nico and Dansby. Horner had a single and a stolen base, which allowed Swanson to drive him in with a single to put the Cubs up by one. The Brewers came back to tie it up in the second. But Patrick Wisdom knows how to hit the ball hard, and he launched his first dong of the season deep into the left field bleachers to give the Cubs another one-run lead. Tyone was on the bump for the Cubs, and it started off pretty well with a quick first inning. But in the second inning with a one-run lead, he gave up a few low exit velocity hits and the lead when Terang smacked a double. Same story, different inning in the third, Tyone gave up two singles and a sacrifice fly to lose that one-run cushion again, despite right fielder Patrick Wisdom helping his pitcher out with a strong throw to pick Winker, who was trying to stretch a single into a double. Same story, different inning in the fourth, when Tyone gave up yet another softly hit single, which turned into a run when Garrett Mitchell tripled to right with a ball that was definitely not a soft hit. It was a 108-mile-per-hour rope that made it to the wall with Wisdom chasing the whole time. It was the end of the line for Tyone. He left after the fourth inning, throwing 63 pitches, 7 hits, 2 walks, and 2 strikeouts, and takes the L on the game. Leiter struggled through the fifth with 2 walks, but also had 2 strikeouts to get by unscathed. Merriweather would not be so lucky in the sixth. I realize at this point, I should probably explain that Julian Merriweather is a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. If you haven't been keeping track through the offseason and spring training, you may not have realized that. And you may not see him again if he keeps doing this, because he gave up two walks, a wild pitch, and four singles. With exit velocities, that would not get you pulled over on the interstate. The Brewers scored three times. Then the youngster gave up a sacrifice fly and a single that were almost double the speed of the earlier hits and two more runs scored, so David Ross yanked him after two-thirds of an inning in which the Brewers hit a round. Rucker got them out of that inning, but gave up a walk and a couple of hits in the seventh, which got the Brewers to nine on the day, while the Cubs still only had two runs from those first two innings. Patrick Wisdom hit his second dong of the day in the seventh inning from the seventh spot in the lineup, which really is the perfect spot for him if the guys in front of him can also hit homers. I saw people wanting to fire up the old fake rally siren because the Cubs loaded the bases in the eighth and Jan Gomes showed off his warning track power. But come on, folks. Even if he had hit a grand slam, the Cubs would have still been down by two. And nothing kills a rally like a four-run homer. Cubs did get two back off of the Gomes sacrifice and a Bellinger ground out that kept him at a zero batting average. But those two runs were too little, too late. 
Alzali showed up at the end of this game and threw two good innings with the game basically out of reach. So, we got that going for us. Cubs fly the L for the second day in a row after getting so many fans excited with that opening day win. But don't you worry your little head, because the kids are playing again today. The Northsiders head south to the Queen City for their first matchup with the Reds. Drew Smiley matches up against a Reds lineup that he really hasn't seen much of. The only person who has double-digit appearances versus Smiley is Newman, who is hitting 267 in 15 at-bats. Will Myers is the only one to hit a dong off of the Smiler, but that was his only hit in seven tries. The Reds will be sending the Overton window out there to push the Cincinnati agenda. Connor Overton is a youngster who has seen time in Toronto, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. He has seven starts in his career and pitched in 15 total games, so we really don't know anything about him. Five guys on this Cubs team have seen him, and they all have two at-bats against him. The good thing is that three of those five are hitting 500. So I can only assume that will continue. I fully expect the Cubs to win this game, and also for the entire division to be at 2-2 two and two by tomorrow. That's an ass stat, of course, because I have no idea who the other teams are playing, so it might not even be possible. But if it is, you can tell everyone. I predicted it on the Cubs pod. I could probably end this right here, but I really did want to point out the oddities in this lineup for this game. Um, we have, you know, Horner leading off, Swanson hitting second, and Swanson has been lighting it up with another hit today. He's hitting 583 through the weekend, which is uh, pretty good. Uh, Hap is hitting 375. He had a he did not have a hit this game, but he did have two walks. Mancini finally getting a start at first base, which he should have been the whole time because Hosmer is not good. Uh, but then in the fifth spot, we have Jan Gomes. Look, he's hitting 143. I know he hit four home runs in the spring training, but that was spring training. He is not a number five hitter. Bellinger is still hitting zero. He has nothing. Uh, it's not looking good for him. Uh, Wisdom hitting 286 in the seventh spot. And like I said earlier, seven is honestly probably a really nice spot for a guy who just swings out of his shoes all the time. But you have to have other guys up top that, I don't know, are on base for him when he does that. Um, he's way too far away from the top of this order uh, because you know, these guys aren't hitting real well. Uh, Torrens doing okay, 250. Uh, Madrigal got the start today. Ninth spot, of course, because he's a bad hitter. Uh, honestly, though, not as bad as some of the guys in this lineup. Um, but he got a spot started at uh, third base. Yeah, they are really doing this. They are really trying to put Madrigal at third base while uh, we got David Bodie down at Iowa hitting like 400 and a home run and three walks and three hits. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Morell is down there. He's hitting 333 with two walks and a homer and uh, four hits. 
So he would probably be a better person to have over there at third base as well. Um, I get that you got wisdom out in right field right now. That's not a great spot for him, but he wasn't terrible there today. Uh, still, you know, Mike Talkman out there uh, just doing his thing to the tune of a 333 average. And so it just makes me feel like, God, he should be out there. And sure, everybody can say, but you have to move guys around. What are you going to do? Well, that's really easy, people. Dump Hosmer. Hosmer should be gone. I'm going to keep saying it until he is. Hosmer should be gone. And Madrigal still has an option. Send his ass down. Boom. There's your two spots. You can bring up Bodie and Morrell, who can both play at third base. Or maybe give Mervis a shot. Mervis also hitting well. He's got a home run, uh, three walks, three hits, hitting 300. And he's a better first baseman than Hosmer. So how about we do that? I don't know. Just spitballing out here, people. But hey, what do I know? I don't know how to use a calculator, so I guess I don't know how to evaluate baseball players. Remember to jump onto the Discord server uh, at game time. We will have a shank list going, and the shank list is now open to everyone, even though the rest of the Discord is only for Patreon. Uh, Danny has opened up the shank list for everybody to get more people in make it even more fun uh but really everybody should be on the patreon so that they can get this podcast every single day but until next time hey keep around on those bases and i'm out at home speak up If you enjoyed this episode of Cubs Pod, why not get it every day delivered right to your inbox at patreon.com slash sunranto. When you subscribe, you get your very own RSS feed and you get to hear Cubs Pod completely ad free and every day. Just do it. It's only a dollar a month. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Do it today.